1029 The Hog presents another Bob and Brian podcast. This Bob and Brian On Demand is brought to you by Marcus Theatres. There's a big difference between watching a movie and getting lost in one. Find out what Marcus Theatres means by getting tickets to a hot new release at MarcusTheatres.com. Time to talk music news with our music expert, Gary Graff. Good morning, Gary. How are you? All right. How are you guys? I... I got to tell you, I'm I'm still stunned from what I saw yesterday. I watched the Rick James documentary. Oh boy! Yeah, because I was told it's so great you have to watch it. It's Rick- certainly it's certainly impactful. Well, it's it, it was actually kind of eye opening. I had no yeah. idea that he generated so much money, was such a big time producer. You know, songs I didn't know that he was in on. He was in on. Oh yeah. Um. And how he really didn't have one governor on board to slow him down. Nope, nope. He was the he was not the first, but he was the like the most pronounced of the early artists as self-contained business. And if you would have asked me yesterday, true or false, Rick James and Neil Young were in a band together. Oh yeah. At one time, I would have said false. Yeah, Absolutely. oh no, that's been obviously been around wow, for what a while. Band was that? Yeah, not just in a band, um, a band together, but a band that was signed to Motown. Signed to Motown. Neil like, Young was signed to Motown. Yeah, yep. this is obvious, a clerical error. Yeah, you would no, think no, no. you doing it, that? It actually happened. Clearly, wow. you didn't read my Neil Young book, did you? No, oh, I didn't. Gosh, I didn't it was <laughs> it was crazy, Gary. I mean, just the 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 Rick James uh, came in touch with a lot of people oh yeah yeah no he uh he was you know at his peak you know before before he really let things go you know he was a tremendous creator and a go-to uh go-to guy you know everybody wanted a little bit of rick james flavor on what they were doing yeah i shouldn't say everybody but certainly everybody in his lane you know really looked to him as as the leader much as they did shortly there after that to prince and did britney rip off rick james britney bitch because he was saying rick it's rick james bitch uh, you know I long before britney yeah, was james saying it brown, james brown was saying okay james brown bitch and, okay you know, funkadelic yeah. all right but so yeah worth a look it is definitely worth a look it's yeah. uh it's okay <laughs> No, it is. It's, 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 it's actually very good. Uh, big news of the week, though. Tina Turner passed yeah, away. Yeah, I, I think this made everybody sad. Tina, Tina was well-loved. Her her artistry and her place in the music world was, was well-recognized, you know, as a as a performer, as, as somebody who became an activist. There are many stories like, like hers in the world, you know, much less just in the music business, but somebody, you know, with who had what happened to her in her life with Ike Turner, and then to be able to get out of that and become an even bigger star. Uh, so inspirational. And then when you go down the rabbit hole of the music she created, you know, I, I, like so many other writers out there, had to come up with the Tina Turner top ten list, and boy, was that a both, both a thankful and a thankless task, because you knew you were going to be leaving out so many good things, you know, with you know in, in picking those and you know you realize what an enormous impact she made i like the angela bassett movie and i like her documentary yeah. that uh you can see on hbo i thought they, they were, were both, both good yeah they were both really good you know she and angela bassett stayed tight you know throughout uh they they made they were they were good friends 
know, I mean, you know, the other one of the other stories I did was the the top ten Tina Turner collaborations, and really talking about and writing about how she played nice with others and those hits with Brian ja- Brian uh, Adams and Eric Clapton and Rod Stewart, you know, being part of the Who's Tommy. Uh, performing on stage. Well, that's right. With, she was the acid queen in Tommy. She was the acid queen. That was her. Right. Between Ike and and Private Dancer, you know, that was her most visible moment. One of my favorite Christmas, her collaboration with uh, John Anderson. Oh, yeah. 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 She that and was... John Anderson do a Christmas oh, song together? Oh, holy night. Yeah. Really? Yep. Yeah. She's on that? It's on Three oh, yeah. Ships. Oh. No, she was, she could, she could do Give You Nutbush City Limits and, and, and then settle down into something really pretty. Uh, you know, great live performer, yeah, and you know it's just it's just it's just a huge huge loss. They did come out the day after they announced her death to say it was from natural causes, and she's you know she had been sick for a long time. She'd had a kidney transplant. Well, she wasn't well at the end of her that documentary they huh. did on her when she went to see the the Broadway show. Right. Yeah, and they they didn't try to hide that fact. Right. Either, that she you know I mean she had. Yeah, I'm sure the the tough early part of her life, you know, carried carried through and did did some permanent damage. But you know, she got to 83, and we got a lot of tremendous music out of it. That you know, the the sad but happy part of an occasion like this is you do go back and and appreciate and listen again. She uh she gave up her American citizenship, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and- she renounced it to live in in Switzerland with her husband and. You know, she never made it into a huge political issue, which she mostly said was Europe's been, first of all, my husband lives here, and my family is here, so I'm, I'm going to be Swiss. And, you know, she also said that there was a point, you know, kind of in the late 80s, where the U.S. cooled on her, you know, commercially as an artist, but Europe stayed supportive throughout her active career. And she felt a, a greater kinship over there. Hey, so. David Hasselhoff sold a ton of albums in Germany. He didn't become a German. He didn't. He didn't. But, <laughs> I, but I think I think this was Japan you know, too, right? Was he? I think, big... I think this was an honest decision on on Tina's part, and I, I don't know that, that you fault her for that. Yeah, but that kind of—I don't know if it came out of nowhere, but for me, it came out of nowhere when I saw that she had passed away. I was like, "Oh, wow, Tina Turner!" Oh, yeah. well, there was no run-up to that. There, there really wasn't. She was a little bit visible with the HBO documentary, but that was—that was about it. She hadn't done a show since 2009, a concert. She basically retired twenty, like yeah. in 2000, right? Like twenty some years ago. Well, she, she, kind of she retired a couple of times. Yeah, as performers want to do. In fact, I was—I was going through my old interviews with her. And I found one from the comeback tour, uh, you know, after her retirement. And she did say, she said, I'm just going to be like Mick Jagger and not talk about it anymore. <laughs> clearly, I'm, you know, it was, it was pretty funny. Um, was, what, was, what do you have on uh, Sheldon Reynolds? Um, this, this came out of nowhere. Yeah. Um, so Sheldon Reynolds, member of, former member of Earth, Wind & Fire and the Commodores, apparently has passed away. There's been no official announcement about it, but Philip Bailey of Earth, Wind & Fire posted something online saying that Sheldon had passed away, same day as Tina, on uh, on Tuesday at the age of 63, no cause of death or anything. There still hasn't been an official announcement from his family. I have a question about a death. Do you watch uh, Succession? 
I have. I can't. Why haven't we seen Logan Roy's dead body yet? We're down to the last episode. I don't know. Maybe there's maybe they're saving it for Sunday night. All right. Anyway, sorry, didn't mean to interrupt. Maybe no, it's okay. But so yeah, so Sheldon, you know, Sheldon Reynolds passed passed away, and you know, we'll probably find out more now. Now, now that it is out there, and I guess people will have questions. Another interesting death uh, this week was a guy named Charles Chaz Newby, who you might say who. Go ahead, say who. Who? Yeah. Thank you. Um, he was a basis for the Beatles that most people don't know about. Did he now, tour he, with them? He played live with them. He sat during late 1960. He sat in for Stuart Sutcliffe, who was the original bass player. And, you know, when, when uh, Stuart couldn't get over to Germany. And so this Chaz Newby played, uh, you know, played with the Beatles in Germany for, uh, for a few weeks and was, interestingly, the first left-handed bass player to play in the Beatles. Yeah. Because Paul McCartney was the guitarist back then and didn't, didn't take up basses until Stuart Sutcliffe left the band in 1961. And Chaz Newby went on to play in the Quarrymen, which was the, which was the band Paul McCartney and John Lennon played in prior to the Beatles. And then some of the other members kept it going over the years, of course, capitalizing on that notoriety. And Charles Newby was with the Quarrymen. Uh, between 2016 and last year. You know, the Beatles haven't even been together since 1970, and I keep finding out more things about them, like, this guy, you played with the Beatles. You, know, that, you, you couldn't have had them. Well, we all told they were together 17, or no, 13, 14 years active, and you, you can't find a more packed band history. No kidding. You know, even the Rolling Stones in their first 14 years. Uh, they had a lot. But I don't know that they had as much as, as you get from the Beatles. Yeah, just that's all they they were. I'm not sure who the Beatles are anymore because no. you know yeah. the the membership keeps evolving. <laughs> yeah, I thought well, there it was weren't pe- many. There weren't many more than this. Guy. My whole life, it was just well, Pete Best was was out. That was Pete it. Best, he was the yeah, other guy. Best. That's right. it. Like it was like John Paul George, and then they switched out uh, Dr- drummers. Right, Pete for Ringo, and then, and then they you know, and then a lot of people knew about Stuart Sutcliffe. They even made a movie about him, you know, even though he never, uh, you know, he was not part of the band when it really took off. Uh, but this Chaz Newby, you know, almost no, you know, he's really a footnote in the Beatles history, but a very interesting one. So is why we need a music guy every Friday morning, <laughs> I guess. Um, where was it? Oh, the, 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 uh, the Kurt Cobain guitar. Yeah, that's kind of, that's so I Doesn't even work. Doesn't even work. Want, doesn't even work, and I know you wanted to keep this a surprise for my holiday present, but I'll thank you in advance. <laughs> so this uh, smashed Kurt Cobain uh, Fender Stratocaster sold at auction. The the auction house expected it to go for sixty thousand. It sold for nearly six hundred thousand. Okay, it's signed by all three members of Nirvana, as including including an inscription to Mark Lanigan uh, from the Screaming Trees, who was a friend on the Seattle scene. So the thought is this must have belonged to him at some point, but there's there's a personalized inscription to him from Cobain, signatures from Dave Grohl and Chris Novoselic, uh, a couple other interesting you know, interesting uh, inscriptions on it. Uh, you know, it's just a, a cool piece of rock history that somebody bought for a whole lot of money. 
And we don't we don't know who it was who who it was who bought it. I originally thought it had to be uh, Robert Ursay because he has he has so many. But he right. likes play he likes playable guitars. I don't know that this this has more of like a hard rock, um, you know, it's signature a, on it. Yeah, it's a, you know over overpay for something to display in your yeah. in, in the restaurant. Right, because Ursay takes his guitars out on tour, right? He has started to do that. In fact, I, I did a magazine piece about him and his guitar collection. This is going back a number of years, but he was just he was already doing that in Indianapolis every now and then just for fans. He right. he put them on the field at the football stadium. He's an unusual and, guy, but he's got a heck of a guitar collection, and he owns a football team. And he owns a football team. He he also has the original typescript of uh, Jack Kerouac's On the Road. And he has a bunch of great presidential letters, you know, from throughout history, like Washington and Jefferson. Really? Is yeah, it as good was, as the Phil Collins collection that he had from the Alamo? From the Alamo? Well, that's different because that, that's focused on one topic. But, yeah, if you're talking about historical, you know, historical impact, uh, that, that was a good one. Yeah, Ursay, he's he's quite a collector, but he's got oh, yeah. the, he's got the means to do it too. Exactly. You'd think he'd have some Johnny Unitas stuff in there or something, you know, based on oh, the, they have, the they have, history. They have those kind of things, but that's that's it's funny that that was elsewhere in the yeah. building where this other stuff is in his office. This Rick Allen story, his being attacked, he's talking about it now. Was yeah, he, this, he this on, was just a random guy. He wasn't targeting Rick Allen, was he? They don't think so, and the guy has just never a nut that, that he, he happened just, to, yeah. Right. Yeah, and Rick happened to be wrong place, wrong time outside a hotel in in South Florida when the guy blindsided him and knocked him down. And uh, so Rick and his wife uh, went on Good Morning America this week, first time he's really spoken about it in in a, at any length. And you know, just said, yeah, it was it came out of the blue. I heard a couple steps, and the next thing I knew, I was on the ground, and my head had hit the ground, and this guy was wailing on me. You know, Rick Rick said he was sitting there thinking, like, you know. He, well, he said he figured the guy must have looked at him like he was no threat because, well, he only has one You're arm. missing an arm, Rick, right. This is Rick saying it. Uh, he did say that, you know, having gone through the trauma of losing the arm in that car accident in 1984 did, has helped him through this. He, you know, he understands that life goes on and he understands what you need to do to heal and then get past things like this. Uh, the guy, you know, the attacker is in jail and, you know, it doesn't sound like he's going to get out anytime soon. Yeah, because he and, went after the woman who was trying to help Rick who Allen. Was trying to help Rick Allen, yeah, and then yeah. he ran, and then he ran off and started smashing car windows, right? Things he, like that. That's so, why it didn't sound like it was he was after Rick Allen. Rick Allen just no, happened no, to be running off smashing like said, car right. windows. Yeah, wrong place, wrong time. Right. Uh, Rick, and he's back on stage now. They uh, they started a European tour over the weekend. Def Leppard did. They're out there with Motley Crue on the stadium tour. And, uh, you know, rocking again. You know, if we were any good at broadcasting whatsoever, we would have gone from the Kurt Cobain smash guitar right into the Foo Fighters' new drummer. But uh, That would be so obvious. Yeah. See, we did we're, we're creative. We are not an award-winning <laughs> show. The, the Foo Fighters are back, on, are back on the road first time since the passing of Taylor Hawkins with new drummer Josh Freeze. Uh, Freeze has been around, played with a... Uh, with a bunch of people, and and was one of the names that was put out there. In fact, it was, if you remember, and we talked about this a few weeks back. Everybody was saying it was it was going to be Josh Freeze and then Matt Cameron on occasion, 
from Pearl Jam and Soundgarden. Well, Cameron came out and said, no, 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 it's not me. But um, they did they did unveil it last Sunday. They had that that uh, virtual program that we talked that we talked about last Friday. And you know they had several drummers like Chad Smith and Danny Carey uh, from Tool and a couple others came into the band's rehearsal and they made some joke about it. Like one of the guys brought chicken wings and you know the other guy you know was bringing somebody his car and then they they you know they spun the camera around and there's Josh Freeze uh, playing drums. So they played a couple of a couple of the new songs you know, from the new album that comes out next week. And then they, they kicked off the, the tour itself, actually, on Wednesday in New Hampshire. And they played four new songs. You know, there are four songs from the new album, 21 songs overall, dedicated one to, uh, you know, to uh, Taylor Hawkins. So, so the Foo Fighters are back. You know, the new album will be out uh, a week from today. And uh, we'll have them to kick around. They're playing at the Harley, the big Harley show. Uh, later in the summer. I used so. to think that Scott Krako had the toughest drumming job in the business, being Don Henley's drummer now. <laughs> right? Um, but now I, I think this guy has a tougher job because not only is he playing, uh, replacing Taylor Hawkins, he's playing for Dave Grohl, who is by trade a drummer. Right, right. But listen, he's first of all, he's played with them before. He's played with a ton of other great bands. I, I don't think... I don't think he views the, this job as tough. I think he views it as pretty exciting, and uh, he'll he, he will he will carry the mantle. You know, you, he's not he's not quite the personality that Taylor Hawkins was, and I don't think Josh Freeze is going to come out from behind the drum kit to sing a Queen song. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but but in term in terms of a drummer, you okay. you know he definitely belongs on belonged on the short list and is is more than capable of handling the job. <laughs> when Scott Krako was trying out for Henley's band, he had to play a New York Minute. You've heard this story, right? Yeah, yeah. And he played it, and Henley looked at him, and he said, "That that's it? He goes, yeah. He goes, go listen to the song again. <laughs> <Ooh>. <laughs> but he yeah, got but the I'll, job. He got I'll, the job. Oh, yeah. Listen, I'll tell you what. Henley, Henley won't necessarily be the first guy to tell you, but... Will acknowledge that most of, most of the drummers who have either played in his band or you know are the second drummer in the Eagles are better drummers than he is. Oh, he said forever, I'm not the best drummer. Yeah, no. Yeah, I'm not, that's why he's not doing it anymore. Well, right, and and age, you know, age and wear and tear. Yeah. Speaking of replacing guys, Kansas uh, replaced the violinist in their yeah, band. The I don't even know who the original violinist was. Well, the original violinist was Robbie Steinhardt. And then he was replaced by Dave Ragsdale, who was subsequently replaced by Robbie Steinhardt, who was again replaced by Dave Ragsdale. Point is, this Dave Ragsdale has been with Kansas for a very long okay. time. Okay. Hmm. Um, so know, it's like they tap out every. It's he, like it's like a tag team. It kind of is. This was unexpected and kind of a surprise as Kansas is beginning to launch its 50th anniversary tour uh, again a week ago, a week from today. So he's been replaced by a guy named Joe Dennison who's known as the Jimi Hendrix of the violin. Um, you know, he's been uh, an electric violin player uh, for a long time. Uh, real rocker, was in a band called Stratospherius, and, and is good. He'll be, he'll be a fine replacement. I, I think he's almost too much for Kansas, you know, because they don't need a Jimi Hendrix violin player. They have their parts, you know, for the violin. 
Can he play the violin without having it tucked under his chin? Oh, yeah. Behind the head, under the leg. Yeah. Did they ever do that on Hee Haw? Did anybody ever take it up from no, another chair? No, but chin? there was a guy who showed up on shows like Merv Griffin and stuff like that. He <laughs> so there, played the there violin. Is a, well, no, there is, a, there is, a, you know, there is a, a school of fiddle playing that plays from the hip, yeah. not from, not from uh, the chin. Yeah. So you'll see, you'll see that sometimes. I think Shania's got a pretty good violin, violin player, right? Is it yeah. a, is that a violin if you're playing with Shania or is that a fiddle? That's a fiddle. That's a fiddle, right? I mean, you know, technically it's a violin, but you know, if it's uh, Charlie I, Daniels would said there's no difference. It just depends who's playing it. Well, yeah, that's Charlie Daniels because he's playing it. Right. <laughs> and he's the best it's ever been. Yeah, that's, you know, <laughs> at least Johnny was. <laughs> right. Hey, uh, is Katy Perry? The victim of character assassination by the American Idol people, or I don't know, did they edit her up to be as <laughs> that's, the best that's person? What she, that's what she says. You know, the word is American Idol wrapped up last Sunday, wrapped up twenty season twenty one. Is that Katie may not, may not come back? She's ticked off that she was made out to be the mean judge this year and really mean. I mean, she was booed by the studio audience a couple of times. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, for for her comments, one contestant quit the show because she felt Katie mom shamed her for not looking after her kids and competing on American Idol. Yeah, I mean, you know, and and you know what Katie's camp is saying, or the people who are her who are speaking for her, that you know, obviously this was all editing, and that the you know the the producers this year chose to set her up as the the meanie. They felt like they needed a Simon Cow kind of character again and so they set her up as the meanie but she comes off as just mean <laughs> you know simon cow always had a bit of humor to him but uh the katie stuff was simon asserted he wasn't mean that he was just being realistic in that uh, yes yeah if someone think, shouldn't be a, a singer or just to be satisfied with being in the church choir that's he would tell them that i think i think but i think all that goes down better with a british accent yeah you know maybe. when you're when you're in, when you have, you know, the Katie kind of Calif- California accent, <laughs> it just sounds like a mean girl. <laughs> like I think you look and like so, a glitter bomb. So we'll, yeah. yeah, we'll see. They yeah. may, you know, they may well kiss and make up. She may well be looking for an out. You know, she may. This may be. You know, she may be wanting to do. Or other maybe things. it's just maybe setting them just up for next year. Drumming up publicity for yeah. the show. There's, there's always that. that. Hey, before we let you go, uh, Milwaukee's Metal Fest is this weekend. Yeah, I heard the ad. I was almost yeah. like, "Geez, I'm getting in the car." Right. Yeah. That's your thoughts? Your That's thoughts? Yeah. <laughs> is it the biggest uh, metal fest in the country? I don't believe so. Okay. All right. Um, it's certainly got a great lineup, um, but yeah, no, there are there are a couple of metal festivals that you know are big outdoor festivals uh, that take place. Like what's the one up in uh, is it Cadeau or Cadet? Says the Michigander, Wisconsin. Uh, C-A-D-O-T. I don't know. Somebody I don't out there knows what I'm talking yeah, about. But anyway, yeah. I think it was just called Rock Fest. But okay. uh, and then you have this weekend also you have in Columbus, you have, um, and now I'm going to forget the name of it, but it's like, you know, Foo Fighters and Tool and, you know, a big, big, heavy hard rock and lineup. So, so yeah, there are there are quite a few. So there are others around the country. Yeah, there. but this is but you know, listen, if you're a headbanger, like I said, I was listening to the ad thinking I should I should drive over have myself a good time. Yeah. Well got a spare do, room. Not, got a I'm spare room your, for you, Gary. I'm yeah, I'm sure you can uh, you know get yeah. you 
Get you a blanket <laughs> and a feather. <laughs> if I do it, I'll knock on your door and we'll grill out for the holiday. There All right, go. Gary, have a good weekend. Yeah, you guys too. All right, we'll talk to you next week. Gary Graff, our music expert.